0: Good morning, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the podcast. Today is Monday, September the 10th. We are rolling through the month of September. I'm so glad you guys have joined me today. Today is Mailbox Monday, and I have been getting an influx of questions uh, about a new book that's relatively popular right now. And uh, we're going to talk about it today because really, this has a lot to do with lordship, discernment and holiness. So if you're wondering what I'm talking about, stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I hope you guys are having a great September. This is my favorite month of the year. Well, I really like August too. July is kind of a good, actually, I'm just happy to be alive. (laughs) I love fall though. And it's starting to get beautiful around here. The leaves are changing and that means that the weather's going to get cooler and the rain is going to come back and I'm kind of ready for it. I was born here in the Pacific Northwest so my little web feet getting ready to swim. So I'm kind of excited that fall is here and so excited to hear from many of you. I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. If the podcast is an encouragement to you, it would really encourage us if you would help us get the word out about the podcast. We want to be known for truth and speaking truth to culture. We wanna be known for a fearlessness, for being able to balance the truth with love, to be ambassadors for Jesus, to train mothers for battle to encourage you off the bench and onto the battlefield uh, for the next generation and for the sake of the Lord Jesus and for the gospel. And so if this podcast encourages you that way, there's a couple of ways that you can encourage us. Uh, The first one, obviously very simple. You could rate and review this podcast over at iTunes if you've never done that, or if you wanna leave another one, if it's been several years. I mean, for goodness sake, uh, we're in the 600th episode, 600 and what are we, 650? Nine, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what this is. Uh, we're getting up there, and so if you uh, rated this a long time ago and want to rate it again, that would be great. But it would encourage us greatly if you would tell your friends about this and uh, just help us get the word out. The next way, obviously, that you can do uh, that is to pray for us. Pray for us, uh, as you can imagine. It's a battle out here, (laughs) and I'm not even kidding. You wanna get a hate mail? Just talk about the culture from a biblical perspective, and we could use your prayers just not only for wisdom, but also for resilience and to rely on the Lord and on his word as we make decisions with regard to our ministry and with the things that I talk about particularly Uh, in my books and through the podcast. We would appreciate your prayers. If you're interested in supporting this ministry financially, of course, we would love for you to do that. Uh, Firmly Planted Family is the nonprofit organization that my husband and I founded many, many years ago. I think we're coming up on 15 years now. And as you guys know, we have our own building now. Firmly Planted Family hosts the Firmly Planted Family Homeschool Resource Center in Vancouver, Washington, something that we have been praying about and so excited to see God bless uh, over the years. But we would be so encouraged and blessed by your financial support of the nonprofit organization that sponsors this podcast. And you can send that support to us at 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington 98682. If you're in the area and you have not been here yet, we would love to have you come by Every time people come by here and they're they're here for the very first time, they're very excited by what they see. And so, uh we're excited by what God is doing and uh, we're just thrilled to see all so many uh young families growing in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and in their parenting. So, I hope that that's an encouragement to you. All right, I want to jump right into mailbox Monday. So, this goes out to several people who have emailed me over the last couple of weeks in particular. I've heard from you on uh, via email, which by the way, you can get a hold of me anytime you want to, uh, podcast at thebusymom.com. And I'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear your questions. And I will address them here at Mailbox Monday. And I'd love to just uh, chat with you. So that's the best way to get a hold of me. If you're interested in hosting the Mom Strong Conference, you can email my girl, Melissa, Melissa at thebusymom.com. So I've heard from a lot of you about a new book that's that's coming out. I've kind of gone back and forth as to whether or not I want to give the name of the book. And I, I kind of think I'm not going to just uh, because I don't want to draw further attention to it because it, it it's not really going to change the outcome of what I'm going to talk about. But there's a, a really popular book out there by a really popular uh, Christian blogger. And the The uh, tagline in it is something like, stop believing the lies about who you are so that you become who you're meant to be. Awesome. I am 100% in. Yes. Sign me up for that. I want to read that book. I haven't read that book yet uh, because I haven't had time. But a lot of you have read it. And somebody tagged me in a post the other day. And uh, the more I've read about the book, the more concerned I am. I actually really like the premise of the book, but I want to just read to you something that the author Wrote and then let's let's talk about that because if you're going to walk in right relationship with Jesus, then this is hard. Okay, I'm not I'm not pretending to be a uh, holier than thou or a person who's got it all together. Far from it. But we're supposed to be walking as Christians ever closer to the Lord. We're supposed to be desiring uh, lordship uh, in our life and to in the pursuit of holiness in our lives, and I'm concerned that there are so many Christian authors out there and speakers who don't do that. Second uh, Corinthians 4, verse five says, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. So I want you to think about that really for just a moment while I read to you part of what this author posted on our Facebook page. She wrote, I love Jesus. And I cuss a little. I love Jesus and I drink alcohol. I love Jesus and some of my best friends are gay. I love Jesus and I adore hip hop music. I love Jesus and I totally read romance novels where vampires fall in love with librarians or school teachers or female detectives with a tortured backstory. If you're looking for someone who's perfect, you've come to the wrong gal. If you're looking for a community of people who are just like you, you've come to the wrong tribe. Diversity is our jam. Judgment is our enemy. Encouragement is our aim. I love everyone as they are, that was in all caps, as they are, and if you're in this community, that means you commit to loving everyone as well, you know, just like Jesus would do. I'm a Christian, but I fully love and accept you and wanna hang out with you if you're a Christian or a Muslim or a Jewish or a Buddhist or a Jedi or love the opposite sex or love the same sex or love Rick Springfield circa 1983. Not only that, but I think the ability to seek out community with people who are different from me makes me a stronger, better version of myself. There's so many different versions of each and every style on this planet. There's beauty in that dichotomy. The kingdom of God is in that dichotomy. All right. So there's so much wrong with this that I don't even know where to start, but I, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I want to just kind of unpack it a little bit because I actually think I would like this girl a lot. I think if we were in the same town, we'd probably get along great. But there's a slippery slope to moving toward progressive Christianity. And this just, uh, this is it. I mean, this This is the uh, beyond it. Okay, so I love Jesus and I cuss a little. All right. Okay. Uh, I love Jesus and I, I really try not to cuss. <laughs> Can I just say, A, my kids are watching me. I mean, I saw a t-shirt. I love Jesus and I cuss a little. You know what we're really saying? We're really saying that um, holiness isn't that important, that lordship. I mean, we're trying to we're trying to identify, right? But in our identifying with each other and with our struggles, what we what we end up doing is wallowing in our sin. When Jesus met the, the prostitute at the well, he didn't leave her in her sin. He said, go and don't sin anymore. And I see this as an embracing of what God says, hey, chill out, don't do that. But what we're doing here is we're kind of celebrating it, right? I love Jesus and I cuss a little. Hey, high five, right? Can you hear it? I can. I love Jesus and I drink alcohol, right? You guys heard me talk about this on the podcast because I get asked this question all the time. And I answered that Jay and I have chosen in our home uh, to have wine with our dinner. And it's in the Bible. I actually don't think you can make a case against it. I don't, you're never going to see me posting it on Instagram uh, about drinking. You're never going to see me talk about it on Facebook. I don't think this, I think, A, there's the weaker brother issue and b). Uh, if it came right down to it and I felt like it was truly a stumbling block, I would quit. Why? Because the more important thing is my relationship with the Lord and I got to listen to him. So I don't, the, the flippant I love Jesus and I drink alcohol thing, I don't like it because I think this isn't a flippant thing. There are people who genuinely disagree and I heard from a couple of you who were very angry with me. Yes, I did get your emails <laughs> because I admitted that, uh, that I have wine with my dinner. And I I don't feel bad about that, but I don't think it's something that we should be flipping about either. Let's go to the next one. I love Jesus. Some of my best friends are gay. Okay, Uh, great. That's great. Uh, I have some friends who are also gay, but I'll tell you what, you guys, there's a tension because they know that I believe that the way they're living will hurt them because I believe the Bible. So I'm not unkind, but I'll tell you what, it keeps me from being in that best friend role, just like it would keep me from being in the best in the, the best friend of somebody who I knew was uh, hurting themselves in any way, whether that whether the person was cheating on their husband or that person who, and I'm talking about and I'm not talking about a sin that like we all commit. I'm talking about a lifestyle of habitual sin, doing something that God says don't do. God clearly says that uh, he didn't make us to behave in that manner. So I am totally appreciate that she that she wants to, uh, that she loves people who are gay. We should. But I have a, I, I'm have struggling a little bit with this. I know some of my best friends are gay in the context of I love Jesus and I cuss a little. I love Jesus and I drink alcohol. I love Jesus and some of my best friends are gay. Basically, she's saying I love Jesus and who cares about any other thing except for God does. God totally does. She says diversity is our jam. Judgment is our enemy. Can I just tell you right now, Uh, We are not called not to judge. Judgment is not our enemy. You know what our enemy is? Walking in sin is our enemy. Our enemy is sin. It's not judgment. Jesus called us to righteous judgment, to right judgment. In other words, to be able to look at something and uh, recognize a sin from a not sin. Jesus came to change us. He changed the gospel, changes us. It changes us and it, it transforms us. And it doesn't. Jesus doesn't leave us where He finds us, and we shouldn't leave people where we find them either. And that's what that's what so discourages me about this. It is a it is a um, it's a hallmark of progressive Christianity. It's all over the church right now. It grieves me on a hundred different levels because I think there are people who genuinely love Jesus. I'm not questioning uh, this girl's love for the Lord at all. I'm just saying, is this really how God wanted us? Uh, to to steward his gospel to say hey just stay right how you are diversity is my jam i'm i'm digging it judgment's my enemy we're friends no we i mean if you saw somebody cruising uh toward uh a washed out road at 150 miles an hour and you really loved them you'd say hey the road's washed out up there slow down but we're not we're not doing that anymore and it's it's grieving me uh i mean this is the kind of thing that i i i deal with all the time with women because the premise of what we hear is right right i mean we want to we want to understand the lies about ourselves as women um that stuff is really good but as soon as you start saying well love is love and and you do your thing and i do my thing and god doesn't really care then all of a sudden we've forgotten about holiness we have forgotten about what it means to have Jesus actually be the Lord of our lives. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. John 14.21, Jesus said, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest, in other words, make self, make myself known to him. Luke 6, verse 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? If we're gonna walk in right relationship with the Lord, we've got to be committed to lordship. We've gotta be committed to holiness. A.W. Tozer said, what has the church gained if it's popular, but there's no conviction, no repentance, and no power? So if you've never heard of the term progressive Christianity, that's what you just heard. Uh, I Love Jesus and I Cuss a Little. It's 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 not just this author. It's a whole bunch of people doing the same thing at once. This is just another one. Uh, and it, it can kind of be difficult, I think, sometimes to pin it down, this progressive Christianity. But I found a blog post a couple of years ago, and I think I already shared it once, but I'm going to share it again. uh, There are a couple of signs that you might be attending a church that's headed toward progressive Christianity, or maybe it's already there. Uh, I love this blogger. Her name is Alisa, Alisa, I think is how she says her name. Anyway, Elisa Childers. And uh, I think it's a fantastic opportunity for you to dig kind of deep into this subject because this is what's happening to the church right now. And she wrote, several years ago, my husband and I began attending a local evangelical non-denominational church, and we loved it. We cherished the sense of community we found among the loving and authentic people we met there and the intelligent, outside-the-box pastor who led our flock with thought-provoking and insightful sermons. Sadly, the church started going off the rails theologically, and after about a year and a half, we made the difficult decision to leave. Today, that church is a self-titled progressive Christian community. Back then, I'd never heard of progressive Christianity, and even now it's difficult to pin down what actually qualifies someone as a progressive Christian due to the diversity of beliefs that fall under that designation. However, there are signs, certain phrases and ideas that seem to be consistent in progressive circles. And she goes on to list five danger signs to watch for in your church. I'm gonna link back to this blog post, very well written. She's absolutely dead on. The first one is a lowered view of the Bible. And you, I, in that blog post that I just read to you or that Facebook post rather from this, uh, this author, that's what you see is a lowered view of the Bible because if we cared about God's uh, word, then it would absolutely break our hearts. Homosexuality would break our hearts. Alcoholism would break our hearts. Uh, taking the Lord's name in vain would break our hearts. It should break our hearts. So one of the main differences between progressive Christianity and historic Christianity is its view of the Bible. And historically, Christians have viewed the Bible as the word of God, authoritative and inerrant, uh, God's word for our lives. And progressive Christianity generally abandons these terms. And instead of those terms, you're gonna hear a personal beliefs over biblical mandate over and over again. So you might hear things like the Bible's a human book, or I disagree with the Apostle Paul on that issue, or the Bible condones immorality, so we are obligated to reject what it says in certain places. Or you might hear the Bible quote contains the word of God, but it isn't the word of God. So, uh, number one, a lowered view of the Bible. Number two, feelings emphasize over facts. Amen. I've been saying this for years and years. Uh, we are we are dealing right now with an emotional Christianity. And truth trumps emotions every single time. So in progressive churches, personal experiences and feelings and opinions are valued over objective truth. And that's what you see in this girl's uh, Facebook post where she says, diversity is our jam, judgment is our enemy. She is, those are her feelings, right? Diversity is her jam, judgment's her enemy. These are feelings, they're emotions. And so you're gonna hear things maybe like, I thought homosexuality was a sin until I met and befriended some gay people. Or I just can't believe that Jesus would send good people to hell. It's people who are putting their emotions and their feelings over the objective truth of the Word of God. Three essential Christian doctrines are open for reinterpretation. So in other words, you might hear that the resurrection of Jesus doesn't have to be factual to speak truth. then you got, you know, his truth and her truth. and blah blah, blah blah. The idea of a literal hell is offensive to non-Christians, and so it needs to be reinterpreted. This is what Rob Bell did. Uh, many years ago when he said, man, I don't know, hell schmalt, right? Uh, four, historic terms are redefined. Uh, so the in, in other words, there are some progressive Christians who say that they affirm doctrines like biblical inspiration, inerrancy, and authority, but then they have to do linguistic gymnastics to make those words mean what they want them to mean. And uh, this girl, Lisa, she says, she remembers asking a pastor, do you believe the Bible is divinely inspired? And he answered confidently, yes, of course. However, I mistakenly assumed that when I used the word inspired, we both meant the same thing. He clarified months later what he meant, that the Bible is inspired in the same way and on the same level as many other Christian books, songs, and sermons. This, of course, is not how Christians have historically understood the doctrine of divine inspiration. In other words, we believe, I believe, that the Bible is divinely inspired by God. In other words, God told the men who wrote the Bible what to say. So another word that gets that tends to get a progressive makeover is the word love. When plucked out of its biblical context, it becomes a catch-all term for everything, non-confrontative, pleasant, and affirming. So you might hear, God wouldn't punish sinners, he's love. Sure, the Bible's authoritative, but we've misunderstood it for the first 2,000 years of church history. Or you might hear someone say, it's not our job to talk to anybody about their sin, it's our job just to love them. Well, uh, we know that's not true, just read the Bible. Uh, Five, the heart of the gospel message shifts from sin and redemption to social justice. Uh, Listen, there's no doubt that the Bible commands us to take care of the unfortunate and defend those who are oppressed. Uh, This is a very real and profoundly important part of what it means to live out our Christian faith. However, the core message of Christianity, the gospel, is that Jesus died for our sins He was buried and resurrected, and thereby he reconciled us to God. And this is the message that brings freedom to the oppressed. And so many Christians today and so many progressive churches are finding the concept of God willing his son to die on the cross to be embarrassing and sometimes even appalling. Uh, I heard somebody refer to it as cosmic child abuse. Uh, one time, it was amazing. This idea of blood atonement is de-emphasized or denied altogether with social justice and good works enthroned in its place. So I heard another author not too long ago uh, trying to make a case for us loving refugees. And in making the case for loving refugees, she said, Adam and Eve were the first refugees. Well, listen, you don't have to go very far in the Bible to know that we should care about the poor and oppressed. We should have a heart for refugees. To me, they're separate issues. The idea of law, we're a nation of laws I've, I've traveled all over the world. I'll tell you what if I travel to France and I don't have my passport, I'm gonna get in trouble. They're not going to let me in. That's not mean that's just they're in their sovereign nation and so when, when when you take when you take the Bible and you twist it to get out what you want out of it, that's kind of what's happening. Adam and Eve were not the first refugees. Uh, Adam and Eve sinned against a holy God. He, they had one thing that they couldn't do. He said, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of uh, good and evil. Don't pick the fruit from that tree. He said, if you do that, what's gonna happen? You're gonna die. And God in his mercy didn't kill him on the spot. He banished him from the garden and you have the fall of man. Adam and Eve were absolutely not refugees. They were experiencing the consequences of their sin. And so when you see a church or a speaker or a blogger or whatever start to care more about social justice than they care about the actual gospel and what it means, you might hear things like, sin doesn't separate us from God because we are all made in his image and he called us good. Uh, Or you might hear, you know, we don't really need to preach the gospel. We just need to show love by bringing justice to the oppressed and provision to the needy. Well, what happens, men and women, if we bring justice to the oppressed and we don't tell them about Jesus and they still end up going to hell? What happens then? I know, I said hell. I said it. I believe there's a hell because the Bible teaches that there is one. And uh we we've got to be careful uh to embrace not just the parts of God's word that we find palatable or the or the parts that we think the culture will find palatable, but the whole word of God. You can't cherry pick out of it what you think should be cherry picked. And this brings me to to one last thing I just want to say because I've I've heard from so many of you now writing to me about this book, someone said to me, well, can I read it and just uh, chew the meat and spit out the bones? And my answer was, this, it, this so grieves me because it, it borders on apostate Christianity that uh, I'm saying there's not enough meat. You know, I don't, to me, it's just mostly bones. So because I'm just so grieved. This is not why we, we're not, we didn't, Jesus did not die so that we could wallow in our sin he died so that we could so that we could be reconciled to the lord that our lives would be changed and we should want that we should want to be changed we should be we should be constantly uh, pursuing holiness and right relationship with the lord and asking for forgiveness the hallmark of every believer is not hey you know diversity is my jam and judgment's my enemy the hallmark of every believer is marked by humility and repentance and going man i'm trying to get this right let me show you how the Lord's shown me that there are places in my life that aren't fully yielded to him yet. And let me pray for you that you can do the same thing. That's where change happens. That's where lives get changed. That's where transformation happens. It happens in the deep. And we spend all of our time in the shallows and we never grow. And so I just want to encourage you. I I, just, I know some of you have no idea what I'm talking about and some of you will. And uh, for those of you who, I hope it's resonating with you, this idea that there is a, a, a version of Christianity which is troubling on a whole bunch of different levels. And I think we need to be careful. Jesus has, uh, has given us his word. He's given us the Holy Spirit. Philippians 2, verse 10 says, eventually, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. In Psalm 37, verses four and five, we read, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. That is the God that we serve. He loves you. He died for you. He wants you to live free of your sin. He wants you to love the men and women around you and help them to walk in right relationship with Jesus also. And like I'm always telling parents, we can't give our kids what we don't have, and you can't give your friends what you don't have, and you can't pass on what you don't possess. And so if we wanna see the culture change, it starts with us. It starts with us. Know the word of God. You have been given an incredible weapon that yields incredible power in the culture today. And that is the living word of God. Know it, depend on it, believe in it, and it will change your life. I hope you guys have been encouraged by the podcast today. For more information, about my ministry, please visit me at momstronginternational.com. If you want to come out to the MomStrong Conference, and I hope you do, I will be in Houston, Texas on September 22nd, and I will be in Vancouver, Washington for the MomStrong Conference on October the 6th. Also, we're just getting ready to start a whole brand new month. We're right in the first part of it. And I'm telling you what, you guys, I'm so excited. It's $8 a month and you'll get a beautifully illustrated Bible study along with a component called Kids Strong that will help you disciple your kids. You can get copy work that will take you right to the Bible along with the free scripture writing challenge. Sign up today at momstronginternational.com. I hope you guys have a fantastic Monday and I'll see you back here on Wednesday.